Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking all about the property market in relation to, you guessed it, single mums. My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We're an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a blog that covers everything for your single mother journey a light-hearted Facebook group called The Single Mum Vine, where we focus on the good parts of single motherhood, my much-talked-about single mum e-course, as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways. And it can all be found on my website, beanstalkmums.com.au. But moving forward with today's podcast about our crazy property market, I'm going to be chatting to Louis Christopher, the founder and managing director of SQM Research. Now, before I let Louis come on and talk to us, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. <laughs> and I know I say it a lot, but we really have come up trumps with our guests today because Louis's got over 20 years experience in property data supply and analysis, and he's regularly quoted by the media. So I've no doubt that many of you listening in may have heard of him already. He, he established the business that he's in at the moment which is sqm research in 2006 and prior to the launch of that business he was head of research and general manager of the property statistics agency australian property monitors for short apm for six years during his time at apm Louis constructed key residential property market indexes published by the reserve bank of australia and before that Louis spent three years at the security institute Securities Institute of Australia as one of its technical editors. Uh, so loads of experience there. Um, he's widely respected for the quality and accuracy of his market outlooks, rating philosophy and forecast for the Australian residential property market. So how lucky are we to have him here with us today? Louis, welcome to the Beanstalk podcast. G'day Lucy and uh, thank you for those kind words. Oh no, you're welcome. Um, it's it, You've got so much experience. I just feel like I feel very smug that I've managed to get 30 minutes of your time um, around this topic. Um, oh, thank you. I only hope we can uh, <laughs> add some value to your, your listeners and I, I'm actually really keen today to maybe just have a bit of a chat with you about uh, what your listeners can do to avoid mistakes in the housing market if they're looking to buy something. I think that's one of the key things is to avoid mistakes. It so, really uh, is, yes. To know, yeah, to be forewarned. Forewarned is forearmed, isn't it? And uh, you don't want right. to be making a mistake with something like this because it's too huge. And it's interesting because we have so many posts on our Facebook group, The Single Mum Vine, about buying property. And they range from how the hell do I do it? Where do I start through to, yay, I've purchased my forever home. And that latter comment uh, gets the most um, responses and likes because we all love a single mum win. Um, but for so many single mums, buying a home is overwhelming, not only financially, but also educationally, because mm. there's so much to learn in order to make an informed decision. On top of this, we've got to separate fact from fiction. And that's where you come in with your website and data, which tells it like it is. What was your motivation to create a space like this? Uh, Lucy, about experience when I was young, I guess, was my main motivation. Uh, 
I was actually raised by my grandparents. I actually started life up as an orphan and they raised me. And uh, my grandfather and my grandmother were a little bit into property investing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my grandfather passed away when I was 14. So it was just my grandmother and me. And my grandmother was keen to, to sell our only investment property. Um, and, uh, but she didn't know what price she should sell it at. And sadly, uh, a real estate agent took advantage of her lack of knowledge on the housing market and, and guided her to a very low price indeed, which represented half the purchase price they paid for this property. And in the end, what ended up was that the real estate agent sold this property to a mate who quickly gained. This happened back in the 1980s. And uh, it was, it was a terrible experience, uh, especially, I guess, for a, a single grandmother trying to raise uh, a, a boy uh, on her own uh, to be ripped off like that. And it, it just, um, yeah, I guess I was, I was impacted by that a lot. And I thought, well, if only she had the right information, some independent information, she wouldn't have been ripped off. Uh, and back in the 80s, of course, there was also less regulation on, out in the housing market. It would be a little bit harder for an agent to act like that today, but nevertheless, people still need to be careful where they get their advice from. And so that's, that's been my motivation. I've been wanting to yeah. improve information out there for everybody so people don't get ripped off. Yeah, I mean, I just that just makes my blood boil to hear that. And I'm sure it will for people listening in as well. It's just incredibly sad. It is good to know there are more regulations in place. But like I said just now as well, it is, it's about educating yourself before you make a buy like this. Um, I, I'm just looking to have a new kitchen put into my property at the moment. And the amount of education around just putting in a, a kitchen. So buying a home, you really need to know your stuff um, and, and get that right information as well so yeah love what yeah. you're doing and i love your motivation for it as well so thanks for sharing that with us uh, so now we're going to move on to the questions that i've got for you and try and get some really helpful advice out there to single mums who would love to buy or are thinking mm -hmm. about buying um, so my first question for you louis is at sqm you're all about the facts which i love so can you give us a nice, simple overview of what's happening in the Australian housing market now and what's expected for the future? Sorry, that's quite a short question, but there's quite a, quite a, probably quite a big answer. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's, we've been through a, uh, a, a very unique period with the housing market since COVID hit. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, uh, there was a real risk of a housing market crash. Uh, and if it wasn't for all the government stimulus, such as JobKeeper, the expansion of JobSeeker, HomeBuilder, as well as other uh, first home buyer grants and other stimulus to help support the economy, we, we would have had a housing market crash. There's no question about it. All the leading indicators were suggesting back in April 2020 that the market was going to head south at a rate of knots. Uh, but the market did stop doing that roughly in about the June quarter. It started to respond to all that stimulus. And we effectively had a bit of a V-shaped recovery where from about the mid-September quarter, the market started to really recover, particularly in 
outer suburban regions of each capital city and in, in particular, regional Australia. And that was a big story of 2020 in the end, was this mass movement of people away from the inner city capital cities out to regional Australia. And we saw plummets and rental vacancy rates across all regional Australia. It, does, it didn't matter which region we we're talking about. Uh, from the back of Burke uh, through to the north coast of New South Wales, uh, there was just no rental properties because everybody was trying to get away from the cities, get away from other people and looking for larger affordable properties since they were working from home more often. Uh, now, since then, uh, we've, we've had a boom in house prices in particular. Uh, the last quarter, the March quarter, Sydney house prices, for example, rose by 8% in one quarter. Uh, and prices rose in other capital cities, particularly, in, once again, those outer suburban areas, by 3 to 4% just in a quarter. Uh, so really, very, very strong growth driven by all that stimulus as mentioned, plus the cuts in interest rates we had last year too. And so where we stand right now is that there is strength in the market, ongoing strength in the market, but there's a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of caution now coming in by buyers who are worried that they maybe could be paying too much for a property. And we've just been noticing a little bit of a dip in auction clearance rates over the course of April. But we don't want to read too much into that right now because generally April is a, a period where you have lots of school holidays. You have the Anzac Day period and generally speaking, there's a lot of what we call seasonality in the statistics. So it's hard to read through that. We're actually waiting for the first weekend of May to pass. And I think we'll get a better read of the market to see whether there's been any type of slowdown. And then potentially it could be a slowdown because all that stimulus we've just spoken about, job keeper, job seeker, that's all come to an end at the end, end of March. And there may well be an impact upon the economy with the end of all that stimulus. So yeah, Lucy, that's a, that's a long-winded answer, but hopefully that gives, gives no. a, a reasonable explanation. <laughs> you explained it very clearly, even I understand it. <laughs> Look, my, I'm actually in a regional area. I'm in yes. uh, just outside of Noosa in on the Sunshine Noosa. Coast. Yeah, well, the Sunshine Coast has gone off. As I I'm know, sure it's absolutely crazy. If you have a look at property online, there isn't any. It's just madness. And um, what I've heard from a friend who knows an estate agent is that people are buying without even viewing. Do people really do that? Yeah, yeah, some people do that. Increasingly, a number of people do that. They're, they're quite happy to contend with all the online information they get, and they get a lot of photos, and that's great. But in my view, you still need, you should be doing a physical inspection. Yeah. You should be spending the time to do your research, particularly, for example, apartments. Um, I would never buy an apartment uh, without first finding out what's going on with the uh, corporate body and the yeah. minutes to see what issues are going on, because often more... More often than not, you will find issues and you need to know that as a buyer before you, you buy an apartment. It's, it is critical whether it's a unit or a house, you, you do your research and accept the fact that, yep, there'll be some people who will get ahead of you if they don't do their research, but that's the risk they're taking. And, and just always have comfort that there'll always be another property that will come along. Mm, so what we can take from that is it's okay to panic buy toilet roll, but it's not okay to panic buy a house. Well, that's right. But the, the house is going to be most likely for, for many people, their single largest investment they'll ever make. And you Absolutely. need to get it right, particularly at the beginning. 
Uh, yeah. If you buy it wrong, it's, it's going to help hurt you over the long term. Mm -hmm. So let's talk renting briefly, since so many single mums are stuck in the rental trap and they feel that they're unable to purchase a home. Are there any benefits at all to long-term renting? Or in your opinion, is getting on the first rung of the property ladder the very best way forward? Yeah, look, I think, I think the key is how good are you as a saver? That, that's critical. So if you, I, I, I've actually known of quite a number of wealthy people who do not um, buy their principal place of residence, rather they rent themselves and then they, they, they make other investments. Um, but they're good savers. Uh, the key is saving. If mm. you don't think you're a good saver, then you're probably better off buying a property over the long term, even if it's a small one, even if it's not your principal place of residence. Because I think property um, ownership is, especially done with a mortgage, is for savings. Uh, you have to pay that mortgage, that principal and interest each and every month. And it's the principal which effectively is your savings, you're building up equity. Um, that, that's a critical aspect. Uh, but for those who can save, then yes, renting can work. Right now though, I gotta say where interest rates are compared to where rental yields are, the numbers are suggesting you're actually better off buying versus uh, renting at this point in time. Uh, but like I said, I, I think if you're a good saver, uh, you know a thing or two or say the share market or other assets, then, then you should continue on your merry way with renting. That, that's okay. Mm. And I suppose buying a property is a bit of a two-pronged advantage because you have a home to live in. I know not everybody lives in the home that they buy. Um, but you're building your wealth at the same time. Um, so there's that double advantage. And that's a nice feeling of security as well, I think, for single mothers. And that's why so many of them want to do it. But it was good to get that answer to hear that it isn't necessarily always the best way. Sometimes renting um, is okay, um, but you have to be a good saver. <laughs> that's a critical aspect. Uh, I, 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 um, I've known that many people who you know, they've been on low income, um, they've wanted, they've, they've, they felt that they've never been able to get into the housing market because of their relatively low income. But there are ways of doing it. Um, and that, that involves effectively perhaps buying an investment property, a smaller investment property to begin with, um, which may not be in the area of their choice where they want to live. But if they own that property, at least they have some type of what we call a hedge against rising property prices. And that, that's a key. Um, and the issue that you can you can keep renting uh, with a view that one day you'll own your principal place of residence, but if the housing market keeps rising, and it might not, but history says generally, generally speaking, property prices do rise over time, um, that you, you, you could end up still falling behind even though you, you, you're slowly saving elsewhere. Mm. So the play might be that you buy a small investment property as a rental property, um, take out a smaller mortgage, but by paying that property, building up some equity in that property, you can then at that point later on, you can use that property to buy your principal place of residence. And I've seen that happen 
time and time again. Yes. Yeah, that's a great idea. And we'll actually go a little bit more into that as well. I've got another question around that a bit, bit further on. Um, but something else I'd like to know, Louis, um, a question that comes up a lot with single mums is, should I say where I am with the smaller home? So really kind of what you were talking about as well. Or should I move to a cheaper area for a larger home? And I can't tell you how many times people ask this question. Um, mm. it, it's a complex one, as many of these women are co-parenting, so they have to yes. consider staying near the children's dad um, as well. So mm. what are your thoughts about moving and buying in more affordable areas? You know, Lucy, it, it boils down to each individual's needs and wants, uh, ultimately. Uh, if someone... Uh, feels that they can live in an area where they don't necessarily want to live long-term, but they'll live for, say, the next five years uh, uh, in, a, in a cheaper area uh, to build up some equity, uh, then sure, that, that can work for that person. Um, it's worked for me and the business and my family. Uh, so when I started off SQN Research in 2006, didn't actually have a lot of equity, at all, um, but you know the business was important. Obviously, uh, at the time we were renting. Um, in 2008, we decided to buy a property. Uh, we bought in an area which we didn't think we would want to live long term, but we bought in just to be in in the market. Uh, we thought that was important. Uh, th this is my wife and I, um, and. Uh, we bought on a lower mortgage because we didn't want to have a huge mortgage while we're getting this business up and running. Uh, and that worked out well. Uh, so we're able to pay that mortgage down. We're able to ensure the business became a success. Uh, and then about three years ago, we did finally buy in the area we always wanted to buy into. Um, so I, I think the way to look at the world, not just the property market, is that life is, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm. And it's funny as you get older, you realise that while 10 years seems to be eternity when you're younger, mm. as you get older, 10 years isn't that long at all. <laughs> it, it isn't. It goes, and, and so, it goes past so quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It does. And so I think the key is, is that with property, it, it is a long-term investment. Um, and, and so... I would definitely suggest that if, the, if you're intending on um, maybe getting a business going um, or you're intending on uh, you're doing something else in your life other than just owning a property, that potentially that the way to play this is to, is to go smaller to begin with, to keep your mortgage down, build up the equity in that property. And then once you've built up that equity, it's so much easier then to move into the, the area or the house of your dreams um, as you're a little bit older. Um, and yeah, that, that's worked out for, for me. And I know that's worked out for many people I know. So it doesn't have, that first home certainly doesn't have to be a forever home. It's really just part of a journey towards the forever home. It's part home. of a journey. That, that's exactly right. It's, yeah. it's part of a journey. Now, hey, look, if you can afford it, your forever home straight off the bat, Great, that's that's fantastic. I, I would just say though, just be sure you can afford it, that you take into account what would happen if interest rates, for example, went back up to six percent, seven percent. That's really important. Yeah. Uh, to take into account a situation where maybe you, you might go through a period where you've become redundant 
uh, you know, something, something, something else bad has happened to your income or other, some other bad events happened in your life. Um, you know, just, just consider those factors. Yes, because another thing you notice as you get older is that life is full of curveballs, isn't it? You never know what's around the corner. So you do become more cautious and preparing for whatever might happen. And I think that's a really important part of the education around buying a home is just the what ifs. Can I still manage if this happens? Can I still manage if that happens? And it's sometimes not very nice to think about those things. But again, a greater sense of security and peace of mind, which is usually what you're buying that home for in the first place. So, so tell me, Louis, for single mums who feel that they have no way of getting on the property ladder, um, are there any clever options you can possibly suggest to make it possible. I know you've covered this a little bit, and I also know that you're skeptical of buy to rent schemes as well, which um, yes. I've heard a bit about. So just give us your thoughts about perhaps what single mums can do to get on the property ladder if they're feeling completely stuck and unable to do it, and perhaps mm. what they should avoid as well, because they can see the bright lights of a home. Yes. Um, and I, I guess that puts them sometimes in the danger area of making a bad decision because they're so desperate to get it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yes, yeah, sure. So yeah, this is all about, um, for me, avoiding the mistakes. Um, I, I am a bit of a critic of rent-to-buy schemes and, mm. and let me tell you why. Um, the way that they are often structured is very much in favour of either the seller or the property developer. What happens more often than not is that you're agreeing to buying a property in the future at an inflated price. Mm. Not today's price, mm. but an inflated price. And which actually, yes, which will go up. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So, it, 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 you know, it's, that's, that's the problem. You, you, you're overpaying for a property at this point in time. And, and so I don't like those, uh, those type of schemes where you do that. That's where potentially you could be in a lot of trouble financially if things go pear-shaped. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's one of the key reasons why I'm a bit more of a critic of these type of rent-to-buy schemes. But they should be considered as an absolute last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, I would be cautious. So I, I would rather um, suggest to your audience to consider like, hey, but if it feels like it's absolutely impossible to get in, I would suggest you not necessarily, if you take an open view of Australia wide. Let me give you an example. Um, Up in North Queensland right now, the median house price, for example, in Cairns is about $300,000. I was looking at the Whit Sundays area just the other day because I couldn't believe how cheap property was up there Mm -hmm. right now. Um, You can actually buy acreage property along the coastline just outside um, uh, Ellie Beach uh, for as low as $100,000. There is definitely cheap property around Australia. Now that all said, uh, they're often cheap for a reason. (laughs) You get what you pay for, don't you? (laughs) You get what you pay for and you've got to consider the prospects. Um, But there is definitely opportunity uh, to to buy something which is more affordable I may not be in the area of your choice, and we've spoken about this, but I, I strongly think that's a better way of doing it as opposed to perhaps um, getting on a rent-to-buy scheme where you're overpaying for a property or 
for example, you decide to buy an off-the-plan property, that's the other type of property I would place caution on, uh, or off-the-plan developments where, okay, it feels like you only have to put 10% down and not worry about the principal until a couple of years later. You need to be careful of those type of properties. Once again, they can be overinflated. And as anyone in New South Wales and Victoria knows, uh, there can be real issues with the quality of the build at times. So there's definitely more risk when it comes to off the plan properties as well. That's, a, that's another example of a mistake to avoid. Yeah, okay. And so say you lived in Sydney, for example, and you bought a yes. home in Ellie Beach because yep. it's super cheap, but it gets you, it does get you onto the property ladder. There's right. another advantage to that, I guess, because if you're not near to the property, then there's less attachment to it, less emotion, and you just, that's it's more right. of a, a business, isn't it, than, than, um, than that's I mean, exactly I don't right. think I could, I could rent out a property that I was too close to. I'd be the person who sits outside in the car to make sure they're not having loud parties. <laughs> you no, know, no, spot on, spot on, Lizzie, that's how I feel as well. Um, and yes, there is. There's definitely less um, attachment, emotional attachment, which is a good thing. Fundamentally, when you become a property investor, you're in the business of providing accommodation. That's, that's your business. You're, you're in the business of providing accommodation. And there is some maintenance involved in, in looking after that business of yours. But so you've got to ensure you buy the business at the right price, you don't overpay. You've got to ensure that the, the tenants are fair tenants and they're going to pay on time. Uh, and you've got to ensure that the place continues to, to be well-maintained. Now, of course, a, a property manager can help with all that. So it, 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 it does reduce the, the, the day-to-day work and effort involved and the emotion in, or, in on that. Um, but yeah, there, there's some good opportunities out there, um, especially as mentioned before with interest rates so low, it's actually really hard to find now a negatively, what we call a negatively geared property. They're all positively geared right now. In other words, you could borrow, say, um, 80% of the property's value, possibly more. Um, and despite the mortgage you've got and the interest payments, you're still going to make money out of that property. After, after paying down the, 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 the property on a monthly basis, you're still actually head on the cash flow basis. Wow, and to borrow 80% as well, that's a hell of a lot, isn't it? That's if you can get the mortgage in the first place. It's notoriously difficult to get mortgages at the moment, isn't it? So, it's um, actually getting easier, Lucy. I've got to say it was really hard in 2018. There was a clamp down on, on investment property lending. But there's been some changes by the regulators of late to uh, make uh, uh, lending a little bit easier, particularly oh, for really? property investors. Oh, that's really interesting to know because with somebody somebody like me who's got absolutely no factual insight into it, just from talking to friends and hear about other people's experiences, I had the feeling that it was super hard at the moment. So I'm really glad we brought that up because anyone listening who think, oh, I'll never get a mortgage because it's too hard and everyone's struggling, you know, maybe a bit of hope, a glimmer of hope there that it might be worth trying to get one. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up about that house in Ellie Beach as well, because yeah. I thought people might be thinking, why on earth would I buy a property in Ellie Beach? Well, you know, it could be a good, 
it could be a good solution. Um, you don't yeah, need to be not, near not that. Not that I want to overly promote early. But no, we're not promoting early. It's like I haven't bought there yet. <laughs> it, it's widening the net for people who are looking yeah. for property. It doesn't it's, need that, to be that's where you exactly are. Right. It's, it's one example where you can um, find property within your budget. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I love know, it. You, yeah. You know, you can easily find property up there for $100,000, $150,000. Yeah, you can find them at two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars as well. But it's it's very possible to find around Australia $150,000 property where if you put 20% down on that, okay, so what's that $30,000 deposit? Um, and assuming you're, you're, you're earning, say, over $50,000 a year, um, the, the bank's going to give you the mortgage on that one. Yeah. Yeah, and as you said, and you'll be positively geared as well, which is a good thing. That's right, you're Thank actually going to earn income on it. Brilliant. I'm really, really glad we brought this up. That's such a helpful tip. Um, I've got one more question for you, Louis. Um, I love your website because I love websites that are focused on unbiased information and facts only. And that's what I try and do on these podcasts is stick to unbiased information. Um, I see a website such as yours as a safe space. Um, so for this reason, can you just tell us a little bit about your website and how we can use the data on there to be informed around what's happening in the housing market? And I ask it because there's lots of figures on your, yes. your website. So if you're not, if you've got figure dyslexia like me, it's quite frightening. So can you just, <laughs> just run us through what, you know, what yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of data, there's a lot of yeah. data on the website, but we try and make it easier by presenting that, that data in charts and so forth. And yeah, it is. But, I noticed there were yeah. some really easy buttons that you click on. And even for someone like me, it, you know, it was like, yeah, I, actually, this does make sense. But just if you could just let the single mums know what kind of, if they were looking to buy, what kind of thing could they find on the website that would actually help them in the process? No problem. Well, look, first and foremost, when, when I talk about the website and how it's set up, I... I always like to disclose how we make our money. I think that's always yes. interesting to know. So number one, we're not a real estate agent at all. We don't make money through selling property. Uh, how we make our money is through selling reports and selling the underlying data to financial institutions and government um, behind all the charts. So how we structured our site is that, as, as we've just said, uh, there's lots and lots of charts the data underlying the charts, if you want to get access to all the underlying data in an Excel spreadsheet, for example, that's where you have to pay some coin to get access to that. Um, so the, the website's set up in a way where um, lots of free data and then there is some research reports if you want to go in depth. Say, for example, if you want to get a property valuation um, or you want to look up uh, a whole bunch of distressed properties, that's our number one seller actually, Mm. Stress properties report, um, that then you, you pay a little bit of coin for them. And the, the reports range from, um, you know, about $29 uh, up to about $99 if you want to get um, a, access to all the valuations across Australia. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a combination of free data um, as well as uh, paid reports should you choose to pay for a report. Um, and the focus is on uh, things such as understanding recent sales in an area, understanding what vacancy rates are doing in the area, so what the rental market is doing, uh, understanding what rental yields are doing, 
um, and uh, understanding whether the market is rising or falling in a local area. And then we also have a whole bunch of demographics. I think we're the only website where we've actually tracked all the census data, the ABS's census data, and by the way, it's census year this year, uh, back to 1991. So you can see how, for example, how the population's moved in an area over the long term, whether incomes have been changing in an area over the long term. God, that is just such invaluable information and so much better than hearing, um, you know, just getting some advice from parents at school drop-off or whatever. Oh, you know, this, this area is doing really well. I mean, that's what people tend to, to base their, their um, property purchase on, on what people are talking about and they don't know the facts. So I just think what you're doing is, is absolutely brilliant. And I think it's a, you know, it's a, a really important point for people to come through your website and just have a look at those at those statistics before they they do anything big like buy a property um, in the wrong area so um you know I'm, I'm really pleased to be able to to tell people about this and just to be able to give them genuine factual information around buying and like you say you're not associated uh, with any um any property agents and you're not one yourself and that's I think what what is key here for our listeners to know they've got a place where they can go and find out what's really happening in the areas that they're interested in so brilliant what you've done um oh, where, where can we find you Louis tell us tell us the website address yeah sure it's uh, sqmresearch.com.au um, so that's that, that's the main site. We also do things outside property. So we've got data on managed funds and on shares as well. So uh, yes, I noticed just... that. Yes, I've been dabbling in the share market myself. So I noticed that. I thought I might sit down with a cup of tea and have a look at that. Try not to get too confused by it all. But yeah, definitely somewhere for people to go and have a look and get some support um, whilst they're trying to work out what to do and whether they can buy a property or not. Um, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, I know it's all gonna come in so handy for single mums looking to buy a property. And, and thanks Louis for coming on and just generally sharing your time, your knowledge and your expertise about the Australian property market with us today. Uh, absolute pleasure, Lucy. Hopefully uh, your listeners have got something out of that. Uh, as mentioned, I'm, I'm keen for people to avoid making mistakes in the yeah. market that's a key if you can minimize your mistakes you're going to get ahead yeah and to minimize your mistakes you need to get as educated as possible absolutely it, it definitely helps the more knowledge you have the better for sure yeah and that's the same with everything um and so and to our single mums listening <laughs> yes we're talking about the property market today we are sitting in april 2021 which is a weird time to be living in um but whenever you're thinking of buying whether you're listening to this podcast two years after our recording you can still head to the sqm website because the information it's super recent it's super real and it's mostly free which of course we love <laughs> so it plays a hugely important part in the home buying education process and i also hope this chat has given you more clarity about the reasons for buying as well as some inspiration on how to buy if you previously felt that you couldn't and remember, if you've not visited my website, beanstalkmums.com.au, make sure you do. Not only will you find more podcasts like this, but there's heaps of other wonderful resources for your single mother journey.
I will add that my single mummy course is also on the website um, and it actually plays a hugely important part in reaching your life goals such as buying your forever home so take a look at that if you feel you need some extra guidance and support and one final point before we leave you if this podcast has helped you please take just 30 seconds to rate and review it the more reviews we can get the easier these podcasts are to find by other single mums who need support, guidance and companionship on their single mother journeys. Until next time, ladies, goodbye.